Lives of Pitch, the podcast where we pitch the best films that'll never get made. I'm Matt Turner. And I'm Tom McGrath. And the game goes like this. We asked you, our devoted listeners, to come up with titles that you'd like to hear us pitch. We then collaborate, coming up with story points, casting, and even marketing strategies. Without further ado, this week's title is... A Maze Made of Bone. A Maze... <laughs> A maze made of bone. Oh yeah, wait, spooky. 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 It's a very spooky podcast. This is. We're doing uh, fairy tale horror for the opening of October this week, Halloween month. Halloween month. Otherwise known as October. Yeah, yeah. A maze made of bone given to us by Tadia Eastwick. So thank you for that one. They got in touch with us on facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch podcast. You can also find us on Twitter as well at Life's a Pitch show to give us your titles there as well. This week, to start us off on our very spooky, horrific Halloween October, is Dave Bulmer. Hello there. I'm the spooky version of Dave Bulmer, which I haven't been able to think of a like a Twitter spooky. Oh, Grave Bulmer, maybe. How are you doing, Dave? Well, I mean, all right. Although, since you ask, I do have a cold. So who, who knows what I'm going to be sounding like in this? I might just fall asleep halfway through and be groggy. Oh, me too. I've, I've been I've been uh, been having a big sleep most of days um, until the end of days. Um, That's good. My problem is the opposite. I've been less able to sleep than usual uh, because of coldiness. And I don't know, just because of who knows what. But I think I'm all right. I think we're going to be fine. We're all having a a stressful time because of everything. The news. Um, Yeah. I thought, I yes. thought you were about to say because of the spooky horror things we're about <laughs> to see. The ghosts. But no. The ghosts around. The I'm real nightmare be, uh, is the real world. Yeah, Halloween month is the one month where everything's not scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, because the ghosts are our friends. Uh, this month we'll be asking for horror uh, movies, but this week specifically we asked for fairy tale horror uh, yes. movies. Okay, so do you want to hear some horrible mentions? You see, I remember you doing this last year. It already is the word horrible. That's already a conjugation <laughs> of horror. Horrible mentions. <laughs> it's fine. I, I'm just beating, beating people over the head with, oh. this is what I'm doing. Sorry, I was so I was so thrown off by that that I, I completely forgot that it's meant to be a play on honourable. Yeah, okay. <laughs> in, in, in that case, the joke completely works and you should persist with it year in and year out. <laughs> yeah, every year, do that four times a year. I think I made the same mistake last year. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably find the recordings and put them together. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a year later. Let's see yeah, what happens. In fact, if you had a sync app, you could like sync it exactly to me saying it at the same time. Okay, so do you guys want to hear some horrible mentions? <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> You're going to keep saying that. <laughs> well, he only has to say it once and then we can carry on. Yeah, <laughs> then I'll allow it. Yes, please. <laughs> From Ross underscore originals, we've got Grandma's House. Oh, 
That's I don't know why that's spooky. Like both of my grandma's <laughs> houses were perfectly fine and non-spooky, but it does sound spooky, doesn't it? It does sound yeah. kind of spooky, and like there are things about your grandparents' house that are spooky, right? Like true. because very very true. There are relics of an age where you don't understand the function of everything, right? So they yes. might have that sewing machine that you don't recognize as a sewing machine. Um, yes. They have those things in the basement that like were used by cobblers to to stretch out a shoe a bit. It's like a weird irony looking uh, mm. shoe shaped thing. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Like th- there's all sorts of like lots of old houses that haven't stuff hasn't been changed in a while. Like. Yeah these things are left over i remember my grandma had a, a couple of puppets that uh yeah. like string puppets that i was a little bit spook- spooked out by as a kid they did always have toys from before people learned how to make nice faces on toys didn't they <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> however for the purposes of this i'm thinking basically that we 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 have all that we have we have grandma's house be weird but i think grandma herself needs to be really weird and and, and honestly this is me now. I'm not. This isn't me doing a joke. This is the image that's in my head. I'm thinking of grandma as this big grandma's face coming out of a wall in the attic. <laughs> I don't know why oh that God. ended up in my head, but imagine that. That'd be well spooked. So, so maybe I, I think grandma should be normal to begin with, but a bit yeah. weird. And then you gradually fi- find out that like, not just the house and the weird spookiness in the house, but <laughs> grandma herself is like a projection of some strange... <laughs> thing that occupies this house so you take the apostrophe from grandma's and instead of the possessive <laughs> the apostrophe it is yes. grandma's house yes <laughs> that's so good that is quite good <laughs> Grandma's especially house. if we can have a tortured scene where you know the camera racks in and they go like wait a minute grandma's house <laughs> <laughs> No, I think we leave it for people to figure out themselves. <laughs> I want to be subtle. <laughs> now, so now think... let's pitch this very subtle film. Yeah. <laughs> and Millie Bobby Brown gets dropped off by her businessy parents because they're going on a on a business trip, and they're like, "You've never met your grandma before, but she's very nice. We haven't that's, seen her that, in over that's twenty weird. years. That's weird. We're not really going to address why that's happening, but yeah. you've never seen your grandma before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's where we. We think we remember her house being this one. In you go, <laughs> goodbye. And then, and then as they drive away, the dad goes, oh, your mum freaks the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> like, when she protrudes, I, a, when she protrudes out of the brick. <laughs> there's a reason, there's a reason we, haven't, we haven't introduced her to Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> and Millie Bobby Brown walks, like she's playing a Game Boy. It's set in the late 90s. Oh. She's, okay. she's, she's playing right. a Game Boy. Again, Millie Bobby Brown is not literally trapped in the past. Those things <laughs> filmed now. They film it now. So yeah, she's playing on a Game Boy and she walks up to the door. It's it's in the suburbs. She walks up to the door. All the, all the front garden is like overgrown and stuff like that. And she knocks on the door and it opens up. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking we just go straight into like not not tease the fact that the grandma is the house and there's like a grandma in there walking around. She opens the door, walks in, and 
immediately we see Grandma's face made out of bricks. Well, see, uh, I don't, I, I, I don't think wall. bricks straight away. See, this is mm. this is where you and I differ in, in this because I think there's something <laughs> very classically. This is, we, this is the schism between us. This is, Tom, <laughs> you and I are different on only the one level, and that's where you think <laughs> you think your grandmother is made, of, made brick. out of bricks. <laughs> And I think she's a composite of coats and hats and uh, furniture. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I like that. I think honestly, I think you could. I think you can see her wherever you look. So, like at first, yeah, she's a composite of coats and hats. I'm imagining one where there's like a mirror involved and some little, Mm. you know, like you know, like old-fashioned-y walls that have lots of small paintings and decorations on one wall, and maybe like a hung-up umbrella, walking stick, you know. antlers stuff on a wall i'm thinking one of those is her face at one point yes well, this is I the think, thing i think i think it's an amalgamation of a lot of them like there's like a there's like a photo on the wall and then what who the grandma used to be walks off out of the photo and then like it's next to the coat rack so she walks from out of the photo into the coat rack essentially oh, uh, cool, on camera yeah. and then like moves away from that um, and then it's 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 like she moves around the house by using the different props. Yeah. So I I feel like I feel like I've got something uh, like a narrative thread here for specifically why this is scary and what we w- might be wanting to try to try to evoke. Okay. Yeah. Is as a kid, your grandparents might be scary not just because of the fact that they are different, right? But mm. also because sometimes they're disabled or housebound. Right. Right? Sometimes they spend all their time in a chair or in bed. That's kind of scary to a a kid. So for some people's grandparents may be functionally indistinguishable from where they live. Exactly. the only place you ever see them. Yeah. I think the arc in this this is her, like, running from her grandma for the the first half of the film. And then by act three, she's, like, doing jobs for her, like, helping her out to try and, like... Uh, right. clean at the house and stuff making her life mm. better to the point where she's able to manifest as as as, as a more human like thing because Millie Bobby Brown's put that like effort into getting to know her oh right mm. cool yeah oh that's um, nice oh, that's very yeah. nice Matt you yeah, that's what really a nice bloke nice. you are to come up with that <laughs> I just didn't. I just was a little uncomfortable with the idea that old people yeah. are just scary and therefore monsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then at the end of the film, Millie Bobby Brown gets back into the car of her parents, and they continue to ignore her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and grandma's grandma's at the door, going like, "Oh, you can pop in for a cup of tea," and they're like, "Nah." <laughs> Bye, but Grandma. It, but every now and then, Millie Bobby Brown pops back for a cup of tea and to do some gardening, and yeah. and uh, and like because I feel like her, like Millie Bobby Brown, cleaning up the house means that like as the house gets cleaner, so do so does like the the clutter around that that hunched form, which is a pile of coats and hats and and bits and bobs and sort of like footstools and things. Um, mm. Like that clutter comes away, and now she like she she might still be made of the house, but she might be like look looks slightly more like she's made out of an antique mirror or something, you know, like something that's uh, a little more elegant. Yeah. Mm. Um, and and so like her coming back is is the thing to kind of like it's almost like she's 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 bonded with this house. 
Yeah. Um, uh, the grandma at the beginning of the movie is voiced by James Earl Jones. Uh, <laughs> and then by the end of the Maggie movie, Smith it's the end. Maggie Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James, why, why James Earl Jones just out of interest? Because, because he's, he's a great voice actor. Yeah. Okay. Well... And I'm I'm just imagining James Earl Jones's voice as Millie Bobby Brown is walking around this spooky house. <laughs> Fair enough. He's got uh, he's got presence in his voice, which is what you need from a talking house. <laughs> yeah, you need. I tell you what you need from your grandma. You need presence. Yeah, <laughs> I get a lot of presents from my grandma. All right, show off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so from Jane Area of Magnet, we've got Working in the White House. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> At any point, it does sound like the biggest horror I can possibly <laughs> Fairy think of. tale horror, though. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Okay. How do we how do we drag this round to be a fairy tale horror? Well, we don't use the White a... House in the US colloquialism. We use it as oh. a white house on the hill in the middle of a forest, right? Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah. It, so it is a... And, and this... Either way, right, you decide. We can either have this be a white house on a hill in a forest, which is a spooky thing, or this can also... This could be set in the White House, the American mm. White House, whatever. But whatever it is, they've got a little doll's house. In the house, oh. and and that that white house, that's the one that the, the the protagonist ends up having to work in. They are put <laughs> to work in a tiny doll's house from which they can't escape. Oh, the president! Right, the president is is supplanted by an oafish vice yeah. president. <laughs> um, like he is like somehow this this this. Pre- this president who's 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 doing his best uh like it, the vice president's like what would happen if the president were to go missing <laughs> the president's like that's a strange question for you to ask <laughs> donald uh, as but, it uh, happens you would gain power but it's weird that you'd say it in that tone of voice <laughs> <laughs> and in in that in that very mood uh, moodlit scene it's <laughs> <laughs> it just seems as though the, the light is on a bar across your eyes. I don't and know I don't what's going really on. I really understand why you had to ask me that question while I'm sat in this tiny boat with my hands tied up. <laughs> <laughs> while you while you fiddle around with uh with like uh strange wicker dolls. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it just seems like a strange, like a, a, a very strange thing to do socially. I thought we were friends. I'm, I'm thinking it's a be careful what you wish for kind of thing. Okay, that's that's what happens in fairy tales, right? So that this yeah. this president has become president, and then the vice president um, essentially changes. Uh, ba- I think it's every member of staff that gets fired. It's a very turbulent okay. White House. The, the reason why these staff are getting fired is so that the, it appeases the president's daughter, who has a dollhouse that she wants people oh. running, like running in. Right. She wants to fill up this house. Ooh. Yes. Okay. So do do we do we like POV this from um, a uh, like an aide, someone who's just started working yes. in the White House? Yeah. And it's uh, Dakota Johnson from. Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> okay. and 
yeah, she is. She's a new aide at the White House, um, sort of working working closely to the president, and I, I think it's. Uh, I, th- I think she meets the president's family, and there's a whole bit where this president's daughter looks up at the president and smiles, saying, "I like this one," uh-huh. uh, but. It, it's like a small child, but with the voice of an old lady. Okay. Oh, I've thought uh, of something really spooks. I thought of yep. something really spooks. When whatever it is that she does, whatever ritual makes people mm. be trapped in the house, they should be replaced in real life by like a big doll. Just wherever they are. Mm. The, so the girl has a little doll and she starts uh. to dress it up to resemble the person. And when she gets it right... They swap, and so now out in the real world, like in that person's like flat where they live, there's just this doll propped up against the That's so wall creepy. on the sofa, oh wherever they God. were. That is really creepy. Yeah, I'm pretty pleased with that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm think I'm thinking the film uh, is so um, just that happening over the course of time. So it's slowly sort of it's it's more like a sort of yeah. tales of the unexpected sort of Twilight Zone kind of vibe so it's not a happy ending it's just an exploration of this weird girl who is turning white house aides into dolls to do her bidding but we've got to we've we've got to escalate that though haven't we so we've got to have a kind of thing where this aide figures out like oh my goodness that's the kind of uh behavior Mm. that that they get fired for and when they get fired like where it, it they get fired when something happens. So she's trying to do something, mm. trying to do everything exactly right, um, and trying to try to cater to this this little girl's whims in the middle of like high profile diplomatic dealings and stuff. Mm. And then oh and 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 at some point in the film, right? When when we just sorry, I wasn't fully listening to what you've just said because I was conceiving of this. So sorry <laughs> if this like Fine. steps on anything you've just said, but. At some point in the film, right, we've established what's happening. We know that the girl is dressing up these little dolls and then then they're swapping. Then, like, you get this one scene alone with the girl and the doll's house. And this, like, secret agent shows up and just gives (gasps) the girl a picture of a new person. And, like, she starts to make a doll of that person. So it's like, it's not just Ah, a childish game that she's doing. She's been harnessed to essentially disappear certain people and they get jobs in the White House as like the first step of that. So, uh, Oh man. (laughs) Uh, Like, uh, like, and I think, I think, um, what, so is it just, is it literally just you've been given a job in the White House so that we can trap you into being a doll? Or is it like, because because it, it would be kind of strange for people to be like, we need to remove this citizen because they're being a problem to us. Uh, I'm a secret agent who needs to get rid of people in a in a in a <laughs> secrety way. I know yeah. what we'll do. We'll give them a job in the White House. I, I agree, but think of it this way. All the other mm. ways that you could disappear a person as a member of a secret service of agents is traceable there is evidence you have to be above the law and okay you are to an extent but you never know this one what 
if anyone ever suspects that you've hired a, a tiny girl to dress up a doll so it magically swaps with your political opponents, <laughs> like that's how is that ever going to be traced <laughs> back to so you? It's strange that it wouldn't. It, w- it wouldn't. Because be the thing is that the, the president might not know about it. It might just be this yeah, shadowy yeah. like agency who knows about it. Okay, so I think at some point she discovers. I think maybe there's a, there's a whole like it's any member of staff or any political opponent who is in the White House uh, that the the president, like, wants to get rid of, this kid gets rid of, including people that the... And then I think over the course of this film, the secret agents Mm. start to come to her. It starts to become kind of uh, evident that this is a secret society, like, this has been happening for quite some time. Right. Um, And then, as... Dakota Johnson? uh, What's her name, sorry? the, The actor? Actress? Dakota Johnson, as Dakota Johnson peers into this, uh, overhears a meeting or what have you, um, of this secret agent wanting to disappear someone, someone looks up, she's been seen, and then she's got to try and get to the, uh, to this doll house before the doll of her is complete. So tense. Yeah. So, like, this kid Mm. and all the other White House staff are trying to, are chasing her around trying to get a lock of her hair. Uh, like, so uh, they're all just know, bursting uh, out of the doors as she's running sort of down thing. the corridors trying to to grab... Ah, that's yeah. really creepy. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I think uh, at some point she sort of um, manages to figure out how to get into the actual house. Because you got if you're going to have the, the doll's house, you've got to have a scene that is set within mm. the house, right? Uh, within the doll's house. And then she finds a way to like bust I, I, everyone out. I think out. it ends with her being in the doll's house somehow. And and the film is the slow reveal okay, of what is yeah. happening. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Oh. Oh. I know. Um. So she, uh, she jumps at this little girl just as the little girl, um, mm. uh, finishes her 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 doll. And, <laughs> and a big the, doll lands on the girl the, instead. The big, the like cut to black, fade up, and there's um uh, it's like bucolic uh, mm. suburban or uh, kind of life in this nice house. Coach Johnson's making breakfast, and then um like turns around and there is the a key major character that got disappeared mm. early on behind her in this doll's house and then they turn yeah. around and and uh, and she says do you it's it uh, i think it's your turn and he goes yeah i suppose so i don't like going down there though they go down into the basement of the doll's house and that that's where this little girl is like tied up oh like, my screaming, gosh. going like get me out of here uh, there's no way out for them because the little girl is is also stuck in there now. Oh my god, that's uh, genuinely really the little girl played by a sort of Mara, young Mara Wilson from Matilda lookalike, voiced by the woman who did ET. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think they need to tie her up. That's a bit grim because she's little. But like. <clears throat> Well, now that she's in the doll's house, she's like, like she's spirit, though, right? Like she's she's oh. been doing this for for for, for like oh, so years you, so the more. so the girl yeah. herself is eternal, yeah, and horrible. Oh, right. I thought I thought honestly, I thought it was the doll's house that was the problem. Uh, well, they are, they are mean, one and the same. Knows? Maybe maybe mm. maybe she's not. 
Well, either way, I'm thinking, once she's in the doll's house, tie her up, don't tie her up. You can't get her back to normal life. That's it. That's the whole thing stuck now. (laughs) They raised this little girl. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to have to. They're going to be in there for a long time with her. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. They they sit down to the breakfast table and there she is. God. Um, Yeah. This, this <laughs> little possessed girl. Ugh, so. That was mm. horrible. That was a really good. I like that one. <laughs> okay, so that was all our horrible mentions this week for the first week of our Halloween month. Uh, thank you to everyone who got in Halloween. touch with us. Halloween month. <laughs> you young witches. No, it's Halloween. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, imp- <laughs> a very good impression. <laughs> So thank I think you. we've all covered that now. We've all done that impression. <laughs> you may move on, Tom. So thank you, everyone, who's given us your titles this week. Remember, you can find us on facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch podcast and Twitter at Life's a Pitch show. Give us a like. Give us a follow there. Uh, give us titles any time of the week. We do post genres out. It will be horror for the next month. Uh, very different genres of horror that we've looked at. Uh, so, yeah, get there and uh, give us your titles and just give us a like. Tell us how we're doing. Yeah, like how how's my driving? Except how's my podcasting? And Essentially, that the only feedback we want is really two words, and that's all in caps, just big like, big like. Give us Thank a big you. like. Yeah. Okay, so now we're moving on to our final pitch from Tadia Eastwick. They've given us a maze made of bone. A maze. I see. I haven't. Heard, wow. I, I haven't um, thought about this since you said it last time. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I know. Me neither. <laughs> but nothing. let me say that is honestly not like a joke. Like that's a really good name mm. for a for a spooky fairy tale film or I'm thinking novel. It mm. really is. Yeah. Like that's well good. Well done, Tadia. Whoever it. it was. Yeah. <laughs> Write it. Yeah. Um, so, a maze made of bone. Well, I, I I feel like this is very much going to be. Um, see, do you, do you think this need, this needs to be a sort of um, uh, labyrinthy, pan's labyrinthy mm. type scenario where well, like I mean, this is a this is a whole world that doesn't play by your rules. A part part of me does, but that's the part of me that's been conditioned to think that any maze based film needs to be one of those two films. <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, the, there's the Maze Runner, so we could go that way if you want. I, I'm, I haven't experienced the Maze Runner, but I am thinking of... I don't know, this seems like something that someone would would put people in, you know, mm. that would put their victims in. That you wake up in what you think is a corridor made of, like... And, and uh, you know, obviously, the first idea that comes to mind is that the walls are just made out of loads of stacked bones. Is there yeah. anything different we could do with that? Right, I've got an opening... Right, because okay. I was thinking it's something uh, someone would put something in. I immediately thought of like Jabba the Hutt and the Rancor Pit in that oh, right. kind of kind of vibe. Because I had a massive wild imagination as a kid, so mm-hmm. I constantly was thinking of ways how I would get out of Jabba's palace if I was ever caught in Jabba's palace. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, Specifically, were, Jabba's palace. You were planning specific, this. Yes, I, I was. I was planning an escape of Jabba's palace when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, if only you'd put that energy instead into like escaping from prison, and then you could do anything you want, and you would have your escape route all sorted out. Yeah. <laughs> As it is, you can only do whatever you want around the vicinity of the fictional character Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> but it's it's something I've never told anyone before. And I was like, yeah, I should probably... Because this was a weird quirk that I was thinking about yeah. the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember when I had, like, sort of sleepless nights thinking about the Rancor yeah. from Return of the so Jedi. So this is real, then? So this isn't... You haven't just... This isn't a bit that you're doing no, for the this sake is of a this it's, podcast. It's part bit, because I'm remembering something from my past, but it is a real sure. thing. And part therapy. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair but yeah, enough. no, so I'm thinking, like, it starts with that, like, um, there's a child, a young child, and they're asleep at night, and then suddenly, this creature, something like that, comes out of, like, there's like a disused fireplace or whatever, mm-hmm. comes out yeah, of the okay, fireplace. fireplace in their room, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and crawls out and goes, you must come with me to the, to the land of the, uh, of the Rat King, or something like that. <sighs> okay. So, something like... I see- I, I have this like I have a small like nature, um like uh, the, the the nature of this uh, maze of bone kind yeah. of kind of in store. I'm hoping hoping that this uh, to jealous, but carry carry on. Yeah. Uh, so like this kid is taken against their will, like at the beginning of the movie, just because there's like a whole fairy tale thing of kids just being kidnapped in the middle of the night by creatures and stuff we're going with that so like there is there are tales of things that uh, snatch up children in in the middle of the night and stuff and so this kid is grabbed from uh, their bed um who's who's playing so, like, i mean just a well, child actor I i'm think just i'm just thinking like we could do we don't have to have this we can have this be our pre pre-title and mm. introduce that thing right mm. so because you can have that voiceover be like there are tales of things that snatch children in the night crawling mm. out of their fire uh, their uh, fireplaces and uh, and snatching them up while nothing happens right mm. we can set this in uh, like a time that isn't super fantasy time right yeah. we can set it in a time maybe where there's a lot of uh, like maybe modern times there's like a disease going around like a like a a, a bird flu type problem yes where kids are dying Mm. right and there's this kid is like while they're while their friend is dying they are talking about dreams of like a maze of bone Mm. right like like i know something's coming to get me i can tell it's coming to get me and Mm. and like the adults are all being like well yeah they're 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 kind of um hallucinating because of the the illness um but this this kid is talking to their friend Oh right. So like so part of what the kid says is that it, it's coming for it's coming for me out of the bone maze. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah. adults are all like, Oh, they are oh no, my kid's having these horrible hallucinations. And then some like they, they maybe they're watching a documentary about kids with weird diseases or something. Yeah. And or conditions rather. And another kid on the opposite side of the world says, you yes. know, it's yes. coming out of the bone maze. Mm. And this and this and this kid this kid um the our, our, our point of view character our protagonist essentially she's like um uh she does what tom did which is uh when when thinking about jabba's palace which is to say <laughs> what how would tom i escape the bone maze spends spends all her time trying to figure out how she would escape a bone maze Wait, yeah. Wait a minute. Actually, <laughs> it would be no. Hang on. It would be pretty cool if, in a story like this, where normally you know you you have yeah the the, the idea is of a child being kidnapped. 
yeah, what if there is this one kid who's like a master of the bone maze? Because she's had <laughs> so many. I'm thinking, do I said she rather than he because I've already cast the kid from um, Hereditary. What was oh, that kid's name? Yeah, yeah, no, um, I can't remember a name, but I know, I know. Yeah, so I went to see that film, and it's yeah, no, perfect for yeah, right. So she's like quietly becoming this master of the bone maze because she's not saying out loud, she's not telling her parents or oh, the bone maze. She's she knows that like kids go to you know treatment centers if they talk about the bone maze because she's seen the youtube videos about it because she's into creepy stuff mm, like yes. that so she's looked at that she's been on reddit threads about creepy stuff so um, yeah gonna, she's keeping gonna, it to herself we're gonna call this uh little girl helena shonsp because we don't know the name <laughs> of the actress so uh, millie um, shapiro that's the name well, of the as helena shonsp as helena <laughs> shonsp yep Where'd you come up with Shons? Um, <laughs> That's an weirdly odd name enough, to come out with. W- weirdly <laughs> enough, um, one of our—it's uh, <laughs> the name of a character in our Pandemic Legacy game. Oh, okay. um, that the, um, uh, the Theo uh, Theo Rath, who's been on the show a, a few times, ha- came up with for their character. I, I thought of this because of this pervading, like, creeping death disease thing. I was like, oh yeah, pandemic. Oh yeah, Helena Shons got it um which is shonsp is a great sound so helena shonsp is is like to get us back on that on this track um she is like trying to she's yeah reading reddit, reddit threads about weird dreams that that people have had and and she's building up this idea of what's in there mm. and i think like to make the pacing of this film work, if you don't want it to be like a, a strange... Well, you could make it like a strange hot fuzz thing where the, the, the first two acts are nothing like the third. Mm. Um, mm. Like where she's trying to essentially... Oh, well, she's okay. trying to set traps for this whatever creature it is that takes them to the bone maze. Well, okay, so what it can be is... So you've got this odd kid, right? And we know... Well, we no, we don't know, but me and you and you, we in this room now... <laughs> that was a weird way of saying all three of us, wasn't it? <laughs> me and you and you. <laughs> Especially since we are only talking over audio right now and can't see each other. So I, I could have, <laughs> like, pointed... Point. Can't even point. Okay. We in this room on this podcast know that what she's doing is she is preparing to escape from the bone maze when she's inevitably kidnapped and taken there. But the audience doesn't know that. They just see her as a bit odd. And some of the odd things that she's doing include, yeah, she'll set little traps like for animals and stuff, Mm. but it's actually practicing for the, for the bone maze. She will set, she will like, um, she goes on obstacle courses and stuff. Yes. You see her sometimes just climbing over stuff, just teaching herself to be really good at climbing and that sort of stuff. And people think that it's like, this kid's weird. But then, then finally, after all of this, like these kids being going missing and disappearing, mm. the last act of the film starts, we black out somewhere and then it fades back in. And it's not that one kid, but the other kids who've gone missing across the film waking up in the bone maze and each one of them gets a couple of scenes each of like how they respond to being in the bone maze and how it's all horrible and terrible and then as as we've got used to that so that so act one was like the creepy kid and the other kids disappearing this is act two kids lost in the bone maze act three our kid Mm. appears in the bone maze and straight away she is like the lara croft of the bone maze yeah i was thinking i was thinking lara croft is a good is a good uh, yes so she's like someone who can just overcome the obstacles already yeah (laughs) Yeah. so what's in this bone maze like 
that they obviously get snatched by uh, these little goblin things. Um, I think I think she's got like Helena's like worried about her friends. I think in act in act one we'll see uh-huh. her setting a trap for the um, this this creature that comes out of the bone maze and goes. It's time for you to come to the bone maze. Um, uh, like uh, and Hello. takes them away. It's time for you to come to the bone maze. <laughs> taps taps their watch. <laughs> come on. It's Jim Henson. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah. Jim Henson puppet for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely. It's a uh, and uh, and yeah. as it reaches out its tendrils, like a a rope tightens around it. And on the other end of the rope is Helena Shonsp. She's there, and as this creature like lashes out at her, she like dodges away from it, and then um, she like gets pulled into the into the fireplace with with this creature, mm. and cut to black. Then we go to phase two, uh, like go to act two with the, all the kids who've been captured, right? So then mm. we have that initial like uh, pop of like, oh my god, like frantic horror action mm. is happening out of absolutely nowhere Uh, and then suddenly we're like in the bone maze Um, so watching over this bone maze is a a monster like a monster king essentially i think that's what we call it the monster king uh watching over everything with like a a crystal ball or whatever and there's a whole there's a whole thing where there's like people call him different things the Mm. the creature under the bed the Mm. the boogeyman uh, just everything they use in Monsters Inc. We just use those. Yeah, Bibbly William. <laughs> Not many people call him Bibbly William. Oh, I want to keep calling him Bibbly William. That's a great. It's a great name. Bibbly William. Yeah. Okay. Some people call him that. Yeah. So <laughs> I basically... use some people, Dave. <laughs> yeah. So so Bibbly William, uh, voiced by Willem Dafoe, uh, puppeted yeah. by Bibbly Willem Dafoe. Bibbly Willem. Bibbly Willem. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if I ever have kids, that's that's the monster I'm using. Bibbly Willem Dafoe. Bibbly Willem. <laughs> or just Willem Dafoe. Gotta go to bed or Willem Dafoe will come. He'll get you. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of experience uh in in firstly like chopping children's fingers off, secondly, being the green goblin, like all sorts of stuff. He's really bad. <laughs> Just show the out of context scenes where Willem Dafoe is the Green Goblin, and from uh, what happened to Monday, where he chops that, uh, chops those kids' fingers off. Um, <laughs> just a spooky Willem Dafoe reel that I'll, I'll use to scare my kids into so, behaving. Essentially, Willem Dafoe is voicing this giant Jim Henson creature uh, with about six arms. One of them picking up the little goblin things and eating them. Uh, as as these just watching these kids uh, like run around this maze, trying to figure a, a way out and and sort of getting uh, not tortured, but sort of like in mild peril <laughs> uh, for the senses. Yes, I think I think like um, the, I think the, the the key has to be that like this is almost like a metaphor for a child's understanding of death, right? Yes. Like right. a kid who do- hasn't quite come to terms with the idea that people can just die and be gone. It's like, where are they? What are they doing? How can I help them? Mm. Um, and so whenever th- whenever these 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 kids uh, wherever these kids are who have died of this disease, quote unquote disease. Um, 
they are uh, somewhat helpless. Mm. Um, and if the film's metaphor is when someone is dead, where are they? How can I help them? The answer is train. Start training now. <laughs> Start. Do a montage in the but, woods. Yeah. But here's the thing: if you, um, I, I think the nature I of this. Understand? Maze... Bears do montages in the woods. <laughs> do they? Um, they do. Uh, so uh, it was a rhetorical question, Dave. Come on. Um, <laughs> um, the true nature of this place is that you can't get your friends out of it like if you're prepared you mm. can get you she can get herself because she came oh. not having this disease not having any other way she can get herself out mm. but you can only find yourself out of them you can only get yourself out of the maze oh that's bleak yeah <laughs> And so it's, death. Yeah. <laughs> but I so, yeah. upon her return she like she recovers from what essentially was the disease like when she right. wakes up in in bed in hospital um the uh, her parents are stood around her going like oh my god we thought we'd lost you um you you passed out in your room from this disease and uh, you're the first person to come through. You are you are immune to it. Mm. Like, and she's the first one who's kind of she 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 goes through the maze. She defeats the Bibbly Willem, um, and and come <laughs> and 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 takes her, her 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 kind of crawls her way out of this fireplace. And um, then at the end, it's like she is the she's the immune pers- uh, party that that's going to set off the vaccine to kind of uh, cure this and disease. And the vaccine and the vaccine is that she opens. Uh, self-defense classes where they train <laughs> you to get ready for Bibbly the bone Willem. maze. Yeah. <laughs> They've got a photo of Bibbly Willem on the wall of this gym. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> we will Everyone's defeat like, so, Bibbly Willem. So how do I get this vaccine then? Can you, can you inject me? Inject you? Well, you'll, you'll, there'll, there'll be some puncture wounds, sure. When we're training to fight Bibbly Willem, he's got, he's got needles for fingers. <laughs> There's bones. His whole maze is bones. It's well prickly. Injection. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's, that, that's like the kid's last line in the film. Injection. <laughs> and walks and up into the distance. <laughs> There's this montage. Then no, it ends on like a it's like hard rock music and this montage of different kids doing all these fighting moves, climbing up stuff, you know, scrambling around, and then they always stop to like to like extend a middle finger at the picture of Bibli Willem on the wall of the gym. They're all just flipping off this picture of Bibli Willem at the end of all their training. Um, like and got- does it start the generation of really hench kids? <laughs> it's like we 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 got so far with this metaphor of like for disease and death and stuff, and then then we just flipped it into literalism like as fast as you may. No, no, no. <laughs> it's still no, it's sti- it's still a metaphor. This is now a metaphor for going into like scientific research to beat cancer. Say, oh, I see. So the, the metaphor was a metaphor all along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's say that. <laughs> All right, so that was a maze made of bone. A maze made of bone. I think Thanks, I think we uh, can you, we could go back and fill in the, the the various rooms of the maze, but 
everyone can fill in that themselves. Yeah, the important yeah. part is that we, we came up with Bibbly Willem. Thanks, Tadia Eastwick, for that title. Thank you very much. Right, well, um, uh, and thank you, Dave, for joining us um, on this uh, episode of Life's a Pitch podcast. Hey, no probably, William. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where can people find you if they want to find you on the lines? Uh, They can find me at Demon Tomato Dave, more or less, wherever they like to look. Uh, If they don't find me, then I'm not there. (laughs) But I am on... (laughs) That was weird. (laughs) Just look around. Look around you. Look around you. If you don't find me, then perhaps I'm not there. (laughs) Um, I'm Demon Tomato Dave on both YouTube and Twitter. That'll do. You find everything else from those two launching off points. And um, uh, be sure to go and uh, go to uh, www.youtube.com forward slash demon tomato. Dave. Uh, oh, very good. Um, uh, it's easy when you've written a song for it. Um, it is. Uh, yes. So the uh, go go over there and find your 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 it missing intro to the Doctor Who program. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I've just done a Doctor Who song that you're probably going to like. It's, I don't really see why that's relevant, but I did, and you might. Well, it doesn't oh, matter it if goes... it's relevant. The important part is I watched an episode of Doctor Who. It didn't have an intro, and then you did that's a. Right. You you've done the intro for it. That's right. Yeah, and I did that without foreknowledge that that would be the case. So I'm very pleased <laughs> with myself. This podcast uh, couldn't be uh, possible in the in the way it is without our amazing patrons over on patreon.com forward slash Life's a Pitch podcast. If you want to help us out, you can either, of course, share it with your friends, uh, but you can also help us out monetarily uh, by giving us a little bit of money each month to uh, kind of help us buy equipment and keep the, keep the lights on. It literally keeps the lights on in uh, Life's a Pitch Towers um, here. Yeah, and, so. and also, can I chime in here and say that I've started a podcast and it turns out you have to pay for them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> unless, people, unless people donate, like you literally can't do the podcast so if you're listening to this and you're like i like this podcast you maybe maybe chuck a couple of quid at it so that it can stay here we do we do have to pay for it it's uh it is it is a thing you've got to pay for them you've got to like host them everywhere and then there's the like equipment costs and well mm. anyway uh listen <laughs> We appreciate all the people who do donate and and, and honestly um it, if you if you it is tough economic times so if you just wanted to spread it to your friends then that is fine as well but um like we want to give extra special thanks to uh, our patrons uh, mahir trevetti uh, your boy dad in weird squiggly writing i am so scared of this um if i feel like that the patreon's been corrupted by Bibbly Willem. Um, there is Davy Benzo Felix, My Waste of Talent, Brandon Spanky Mills, Ross Originals, Sam McKillman, Stephen D. Thomas, Spooky Fish Boy 6 million, aka The Big Spunky Brexit Boy, aka Oi, 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 Oi. I have a That's mouth. very good. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, uh, turns out there's no character limit to, um, uh, to <laughs> patron names, uh, which, is why, which is where we get I have a mouth and yet I cannot breathe, hands and yet I cannot see. Make your patron name real long and Life's a Pitch will read it out. Jimble B, BP Beans, Alex Keane, Brent Black, and Joseph Hegarty. So thank you, all of you. It's very, very kind uh, of you to give us those monies. I like the sound of all of them. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> they're, they're great. You they're guys are cool dudes. People. They're all good <laughs> yeah. cool dudes. Uh, even the ones who uh, intentionally make this segment longer. <laughs> <laughs> I especially them. I prefer them. They're, they're my favorite ones. <laughs> Um, well, they're all our favourites, Dave. We aren't allowed to show favouritism. <laughs> no, but I am. They're the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. And thank you, Dave, again for coming on um, on, on this spooky Halloween episode ooh, um, ooh, of, of the podcast. Yes, um, and we'll leave you this week with the Yes Very Clever Award. Uh, and it's from Matthew Presley, and that is Incel and Gretel. Oh dear, oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs>